Welcome to the Gridiron Crew. I'm your host, Keith McGinty, and I will be taking you through this week's Week 9 preview with a fantastic uh, crew panel here tonight. I'm joined by four of the best. They made their debut, some of them, last week, and they knocked it out of the park. Um, I, have myself, have been off on paternity leave. Little um, Gino Smith McGinty Jr. is doing well. Thank you very much to Danny for for taking over and hosting while I was away. He'd done a fantastic job, but I'm back and looking forward to getting stuck into week nine with these fantastic guys. And without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to the crew. First up, we've got a resident Browns fan and lover of the chub. It's Brian. Brian, how are you this evening? Very well, Keith. We're all about the one, the only Cleveland Browns this week. I'm delighted, as you're about to introduce, we have got... A sap with us tonight who watched his team be crushed in prime time. <laughs> there is only one team in the north, and that's the Ravens. But that's not the point today, because there is only another team in the north, and that is the Cleveland Browns. Fantastic. Last week, um, I let my, my oldest son choose the, the teams that we're going for for the picks, and I let him go through all the, the way down to the very bottom until it got to the Bengals versus the Browns. And I, I overrode them in that one. I said, no, we can't have you choosing the Browns here. There's no chance that's going to happen. In fact, he bet me £10 that it would happen, and I bet him 20 that it wouldn't. So I went out and I bought my, a, a brand new tracksuit today with the £20 that I, I owed him. So he, he told me I had to make sure that I mentioned that today. I'm Gambling's for mugs, guys. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just, just, just for clarity there, Keith, um, how, how, how old's your boy? He's eight, and he knows so, more about so, NFL just, than just I so do. We- there we go, just so we all know that uh, Keith's level is around about a seven-year-old. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, I'm also joined by um, Craig this evening. Skull, Craig, how are you? A resident, well, one of our resident Vikings fan. Are you good, my friend? Good, good. Yes, yeah, really good. Thanks, bud. Yeah, good Good to talk to you. Good to see you. Good to have you back. Um, hope the uh, hope the sleep deprivation uh, over the past week hasn't been too severe. Hope you've got coffee to uh, keep you sharp. <laughs> The only um, good thing about it is that uh, I'm able to stay up for the, the late night games in, in the UK it, time, so that's, that's been that's been good. The wee man's getting doctorated into it already. I'm also joined by the other Vikes fan and Kirk Cousins fanboy, so much so that he dedicated one of his first tweets to them today. Uh, Shaney, how are we this evening? Pretty grim after that introduction, Keith. Uh, I don't want people to start thinking that I like Kirk Cousins. I don't, but I'm going to come back to that. Because Brian, one team in the north. I'm sorry. What's the Browns' uh, record at the moment? Is it even uh, plus five hundred? Well, well, currently one and zero. I started counting on Monday. It's all right. right. <laughs> There's a little team even further north called the Minnesota Vikings, and we are going to storm this season and all the way to the championship game and then choke because that's what Kirk Cousins that's what does. We do best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one miracle <laughs> later. <laughs> no, I'm good. And that's- Happy to be here. I'm shattered because, uh, like you, I've got a young family, but uh, I'm I'm buzzing on the inside. It's it's hard work. It's thankfully it's not taking its toll on our wonderful looks, though, Stephen. I, I have to say, I'm also enjoying. We're probably uh, the only two crew members that have still got their natural hair colour, Keith. <laughs> and it's not receding yet as well. But I'm also enjoying, and we're going transcontinental this evening, all the way to the the far grim north of North America. 
we're going to Stu Bell. Stu, how are you doing? And thanks very much for joining us, mate. Hello there, guys. Uh, I actually thought I was going to be doing a lot better today than I am, but as Brian has alluded to, this week has not been the best of weeks for me and the Bengals, which are the team that I support. Uh, Monday night was a chastening experience without chase. It was a chaseless experience <laughs> as well. Um, no excuses, though. The, the Browns just, they came out, they did what they had to do. They were the better team on all phases of the ball. I don't know what was, I know our all offensive lines, uh, it's got quite a reputation and it's been poor in the past. I thought it had been improving over the last few weeks of the season, but it may as well not have existed because uh, Garrett and Clowney just shredded it. And Burrow spent some time on his bum yet again and threw a few interceptions. So, yeah, this week uh, I, I came on here ready to uh, eat the humble pie and have Brian on my back for the entire thing, which uh, he started doing straight out the gate. I like it. It's a wee bit like eight mile here. You're coming out, you're just saying everything that Brian was going to say to you at the start just to get it out of the way. He's got nothing else to say now. And I've got to say, the guys on the the review podcast covered the week eight games excellently. And if you've not listened to it, have a wee chance, get back in there, have a wee listen. They've done fantastic work and we're only getting better as the weeks in the pods go by. Stuart, you mentioned already that you're a Bengals fan. Is it your love of Frosties as grown up that, that made you want to be a, a Bengals fan? Why did you choose the, the, the tiger skin guys? A few reasons. Um, I'm also a giant fan of chili. And if you know anything about Cincinnati, it's a big chili city. So mm. if you're into like beans and kind of spicy meat, that's a place to go. Uh, they love their yeah. chili with their cheese and their fries and all that kind of stuff as well, which is another favourite of mine. But no, uh, the, the real reason I got into the Bengals was um, when I was about seven years old, I used to have this recurring dream where I'd be running through a jungle and a tiger was after me. And I kept thinking, I would wake up just before the tiger got me. I kept thinking, oh, it's going to kill me. It's going to eat me alive. Because, you know, seven-year-old kid, worried and all that. But um, one time in my dream, the tiger did get to me and it didn't eat me. Ooh. Instead, it showed me the way to a football field. But, I mean, it was a soccer field, I guess, rather than real <laughs> football. But when I woke up, I realised, you know what? That tiger seems pretty cool. And then maybe a few months later, I was back in Canada and uh, I was telling one of my friends about this. And he said, the Bengals, uh, they, they have a tiger for the logo, so you should support them. So I just kind of chose them because of this weird dream that I had as a child. And here I am now after years of uh, watching them kind of suck because that would have been 1991 onwards. So I, I even missed the two Super Bowl years when they oh. lost uh, to the Niners. So I basically had uh, a decade of crap. They got better but didn't make it out of the first round of the playoffs. So kind of good, but also kind of sucky times. Then some more crap. And then here we are now. We made the Super Bowl and lost again. That's amazing. That's amazing. Listen, it could be worse. You could be a Kilmarnock fan as well. Um, oh, Stuart. <laughs> about that. that one, actually. Um, Stu and I used to live together, and about once a week, he would make a massive pot of chilli five-bean stew. Um mm. And uh, we've got a, we've got a photo of it up on the Twitter if you want. Um, it was right. That's a good idea. Oh, surely, if, uh, surely, if beans were your thing, the, the Steelers would have been your pick when they were at Heinz Field. No, well, they've, hey. they've changed the name of that now. I was I was actually hoping that uh, when the Bengals were looking for a name for the stadium this year, once Heinz cancelled the deal with the Steelers, I thought 
this is the perfect chance for us to swoop in, get the, you know, <laughs> Bengals and beans. I'm like, what more could you want? A good the runner. Beans are orange. Well, yeah, that's also <laughs> true. Maybe more of an O line, and uh, now we need some cornerbacks because uh, they're all injured. So Come on, it was a runner bean joke. Uh, I just enjoyed it when Stu was seven. He clearly knew the people that sold Aaron Rodgers his mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I, have a few stories about that. I have a few stories about that as well, uh, as does uh, Shaney, but we can we'll maybe save that for another kind of podcast. When the mushrooms <laughs> for the close season. We'll keep them for the, 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 the close season. I'm sure there'll be many chances to, to discuss that. Sure, you yourself are Canadian, I believe, is that right? Yep, yeah, born in Canada and then uh, moved to Scotland when I was pretty young, hence the accent. Although I've been accused of, it's uh, starting to change back to being slightly more Canadian recently. My brother was calling me out, but I think it's more just words I use occasionally. But no. uh, yeah, I have was born in Canada and uh, obviously we have our own version of gridiron over here called the CFL. Mm -hmm. It's a Canadian Football League. And I won't go into the full details of this. I'll just try and do the Coles notes, as they say. Okay. But it's it's different from the NFL in terms of the field is longer. There's two 50-yard lines. Um, they only use three downs rather than four. The idea wait, of that wait, wait, is... Wait, wait, supposed wait. Is the field 150 yards long? No, 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 no. It's, uh, so they have the halfway lines, like the 55-yard line, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. So right, there's a 50-yard right. 50, 50 line on each side. The end zones are bigger, so in theory you can get more touchdowns because you're. it's basically to try and encourage passing rather than just rushing the ball. Um, there's also only three downs rather than four, again, to try and encourage more passing of the ball. And the receivers are allowed to have a running start, so they, can, they can't start running at the line of scrimmage, but they can be coming from, um, you know, further back in the field and be running full speed wow. as long as they don't go offside before the ball snapped. So right. you know, you're going to have to cover this, this in a separate. Thing. You're going to have to cover this in a separate podcast sometimes. So, yeah, Stuart, absolutely. Like, this is blowing my mind. This is like, <laughs> that sounds yeah. amazing. It reminds me of the uh, Kingpin whenever he was playing. He's talking about his scores, but he plays at a game and a half. It sounds it sounds incredible, right? Yeah. We have to cover this another thing. Stuart, what I was going to ask you though is, uh, who's your favourite Canadian player that's uh, that's played in the NFL? Oh, there's a few, but um, the one that stands out to me most of all is probably uh, Regina, which is the, the city that uh, rhymes with fun. Uh, Regina's own John Ryan, who was a Seahawks punter. He also played Ooh. for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders before he well, retired, so he moved, he moved back home. Um, again, we could talk more about the CFL later because there used to also be an Ottawa Rough Riders. So the, the league had two teams with the same name for a long time. There's enough jokes in there about Rough Riders to start with. But anyway, yeah, John Ryan, um, punter for the Seahawks. He's probably most famous, not so much for his punting, which he was excellent at. Um, he famously threw a touchdown pass on a fake uh, field goal attempt. where He was a placeholder. So ball comes to him. He snatched it away from the kicker's foot, ran to the left, and then threw a touchdown to the end zone. And that started the, the comeback against Green Bay that led, which you Vikings fans will love, led to Green Bay losing and the Seahawks going to the Super Bowl. And uh, I think that was the one they won in the end as well. We're, we're dangerous. So you're probably happy about that too, Keith. 
am indeed. I managed to get a couple of uh, new Seahawks um, tops this week. Um, I was um, perusing vintage and a couple of cracking uh, tops. I've got a nice retro Seahawks t-shirt on today and a, a nice wee quarter zipper nice. as well. So, going uh, to give you a show while we're here, Keith. You know, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in our time. We'll get to that in our time. What about the rest of you, uh, crew members? Then, who's your favourite? Um, uh, kicker, maybe not. Don't think you have the extensive knowledge of the Canadians that have played in the the NFL. Shout out to Chase Claypool. Um, who's your favourite kicker <laughs> that's the, that's currently playing or has played? Yeah, I'll start with Craig. Go for you. Uh, I can tell you who my least favourite kicker is of all time. <laughs> that would be that would be really easy. Uh, I still haven't <laughs> forgiven Blair Walsh. I don't think I ever will. I don't think I will ever get over that playoff missed kick. Um, and t- to add to that heartbreak, my my favourite kicker at the moment is is got it's got to be Hot Rod, and and I'm heartbroken because Rodrigo Blankenship is a free agent, and and I think that is an absolute travesty. It really Again, is. The the, the, pick him up he, or something. he was waved yesterday. Was he? Yes, he, he was. Couple. Oh, no. He, he, he was waved football. yesterday, but there, there is just something about Blankenship. He's just, you know, when when you see like the, you know, you see you've seen all the kind of memes, and it's Blankenship against like DK Metcalf, and it's like these two guys are in the NFL playing the same <laughs> sport. You know, it gives it gives hope to us all that maybe just maybe one day, you know, we could we could kick a field goal for our favorite team. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm going to go for for Blankenship, and I hope somebody does pick him up because I love seeing him in the NFL. Hey, um, Jake, it us all lie, I'd that we can all play. I'd love him at the Vikings just now. Um, Although it gives us hope them. that we can all play in the NFL one day. Um, it just looks like the it looks like the, the from the American movies and like the, the the dweeb that just gets put on the team. And scores the winning points that that wins his school the championship. Brian, you yourself look like a, a blanket ship um, enthusiast <laughs> fan. It's safe. That's joke. That's what about you, Brian? Who's your favourite um, kicker in the NFL? <laughs> right, I'll go. I'll, I'll go for a. I'll go for a mega cop out and go for a, a three pronged answer. My my favourite just memories the rest of it because I've not, I've only been following the NFL for a reasonably short period of time. Um, the much maligned Austin Seibert, who was the kicker for the Browns when I started following the NFL. Uh, mm-hmm. just, just random memories of odd field goals that he kicked, and that was kind of. Me getting introduced to the game, so big big fan of his. Did always like watching him play. Um, then I've got my, my my two favourites at the moment: real real kicker, real football. Cade York. I just love the draft a kicker in the fourth round. It's so unusual. Watch him pre-game warm up, seventy thousand yards between the sticks. <laughs> then he steps onto the field during a game, and it's for three feet, and he puts it into the stands at the side, and no one knows why. So so what you're saying is uh, you, you kind of copied the Bengals model with McPherson. They definitely said you drafted a kicker that was good under pressure. <laughs> Apart from on Monday night <laughs> when, he, when he decided to miss twice. <laughs> um, and my, I, but a little bit of a fantasy link because I'm enjoying my, my, my fantasy team this year uh, where we're going strength to strength. 
And uh, very much that is on the back of the wonderful Jason Myers. Uh, mm. Keith, you'll be d- delighted to hear. He's uh, Big been in a really good good season at the Seahawks. He's been putting his uh, field goals away, away with alarming regularity. And, and mo- more importantly, all of those extra points from the, the wonder that is Gino chucking all those touchdowns. And he just gets to step up on the on the coattails of the, the MVP elect. Oh, Mr. Consistency, that's that's what you'll get from 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 Mr. Myers. Shaney, what about yourself? Who is your favourite um kicker that can scalp the ball from fifty odd yards to, to <laughs> save the game for your team? <laughs> oh, the Vikings have never had a kicker that can save the game for our team. But um <laughs> I think with kickers we we all know who the best kickers are, but that's not how you pick your favourite. And mine is uh, is Randy Bullock, simply because he's called Randy Bullock. <laughs> Randy, yeah, he's a he's a Bengals legend as well, legend for some misses, but uh, legend nonetheless. I've got to say, I'm quite disappointed, guys, that he he, he didn't bring up Koo. Like yourselves, um, I'm I'm pretty new to the the sport. I, I would say I'm a, a rookie when it comes to my knowledge of the game and. It's been explained. It's like learning a new language. So hopefully, for those listeners that are that are getting into the game, it's blown up massively in the in Scotland and the UK over here just now. I'm finding the way of learning the language of NFL is through the fantasy games, and I managed to pick up Koo, and he's been superb ever uh, every time I, I, I've picked him and put him in my team. So big fan of Koo. Think he's wonderful. Um, yeah, Shaney. I uh, know it's like um. We all think we could be NFL kickers and punters, don't we? Because we've we've grown up playing soccer, soccer football, not wanting to go in goals. But I still think I could do it. Well, I know myself that I can do it because I was rubbish at rugby. In fact, I was that bad at school with football that I couldn't get into a football team. So they set up a rugby team and I was that bad at rugby that the only thing that I could do and do well was be the, the kicker. So... I know fine well that I'd have a chance. I could get into maybe the lines or something like that. I think so. Fantastic, right? Shane, not to derail this uh, completely early on, but I'm about to derail it completely and early on. Don't you have a mighty story of glory of your time playing gridiron? Because you weren't a kicker. You were a running back and punt returner. Oh, hey, no, I was on special teams helping out. I was, I was a starter. Um, you were helping yeah. out. <laughs> so you get a shout out now to the uh, Dunfermline Kings, the uh, the local football team where I am. If any of you are listening, hello, um, Shaney. You might remember me from six seasons ago when I was the running back and uh, or one of the running backs, and we were down in. Burnley or Bristol or something. Basically, I caught the uh, caught the kickoff for the first quarter. Uh, started my sprint and went down in an absolute heap of tatties as my Achilles snapped and uh, put me in a wheelchair for six months. Took me about three years before I could run again. Brilliant fun. Unlucky, mate. That Unlucky. was your career You're back. in football. <laughs> but going back You're to fine. Keith, I, uh, I played on that rugby team with Keith and I remember our very first game um, we were three points down, and at the very end of the game, we got a penalty, which is worth three points in rugby. And I'm not actually sure if it was you that kicked this one, Keith, but um, it, was. it was a doink. <laughs> and we I lost. remember, was that, 
Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember it well. Anyway, we're here to talk about the the, the much better um, American version of the, the the sport, and we're also here to preview this weekend's fantastic matches. We've got five top matches that we're going to look at. These are the ones that the crew agreed were the most exciting ones that we're looking forward to to watching. We've got first up the Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets. Um, Who would like to start us off then? Brian, I'm coming to you. What are you thinking for the Buffalo Bills at the, the Jets? What What's going to be the, the, the appeal of this game? Can, can the Jets? The Jets are such a good start to the season. They've looked good as a team. Can they actually show that they've got a bit about them? Can they show that they're actually a team worth paying attention to? I mean, the, it's the Bills. You know, <laughs> it's, it's the Bills. Can anybody get in the way of that bloody juggernaut that they are? You know, I mean, it's it's they're almost boring to talk about now because oh oh who's going to win Bills? Who's going to win Bills? Can the Jets get in the way? You know, I mean, it's the it's the age old one. Can a reasonable as I'm doing my big climb down from saying that Zach Wilson was good in the last pod I was on? Uh, can a reasonable <laughs> quarterback um, take a team through? You know, they've lost the the one the only Brees Lightning, um, which is such a shame. Shame to see any player go down. Um, but he, he looked electric, pun entirely intended. Thank you. He did. Um, and a good he, pun. He, he, looked, he looked electric. He's went down. They've got another running back I'm a big fan of, personally, uh, James Robinson in. Can he help fill the void? Can he help keep that offense ticking? And I suppose the big appeal for this is just, yet again, can anybody get into the Bills and actually give them something to think about, particularly somebody in their own division, which would be brilliant if that could happen, just for the spectacle of it. Yeah, it's, um, Craig, it's an intriguing one. James, yeah, Craig, James so, Robinson came in from the Jags. You think he is going to make the, the a bit of a difference? Um, Brees Hall, of course, uh, a fantastic start to the season, but do you think Robinson will be able to lift that load? I think he will to an extent. I mean, it's going to be interesting because you've 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 got Robinson on one side, and then you look at Buffalo as well. You know, Buffalo they've they've got a new running back in town as well. They've got they've got Naheem Hines. They've traded for him. Um, Zach Moss has gone the other way to the Jets. So, you know, they've obviously still got Devin Singletary. He's he's in my fantasy team. I'm still still rooting for him, and I, and I must admit the eyebrows were raised a wee bit when you know they traded for Hines because. He's a pass catcher as well, so the kind of alarm bells are ringing for me, thinking, how, how are they going to use this guy? How are these two running backs going to kind of complement each other? Um, but I think it's going to be, you know, it's a, it's a great move for Hines. You know, if um, if you look at where he's come from, he's come from a Colts team that, you know, had massive offensive line problems. Uh, he's going to offer that team, his new team, a lot more versatility. Um, they can use him as a punt returner as well. So... Yeah, you've, you've got two relatively fresh running backs on both sides that I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it pans out. But you you can't see past the Bills. You know they're just they're such a good side um, that I don't think you could you could put anything past them. I think they're they are Super Bowl bound as far as I'm concerned. They could well be another team that's in contention for the Super Bowl. Of course, is the Kansas City Chiefs. The Tennessee Titans travel to them on the late Sunday night game for us, early Monday morning. Um, both teams with five and two records. Shaney, who do you think is going to come out and top on that one there? Uh, unfortunately, the Chiefs are starting to gel a wee bit now on offense, aren't they? I mean, it was all Travis Kelsey for the first six weeks or so. And now Juju Smith-Schuster, MVS coming into it a wee bit. 
Uh, not too sure what's happening with the running back situation there. It was Clyde edwards alaire and then it was going to be Pacheco, and now Clyde edwards alaire's back a wee bit. But at Arrowfield and the way the Titans are playing, it's only really going to go one way. Do you agree with that, Brian? You know, I'm really, really interested in this game, right? This is, I've been looking into a couple of stats here, and it's a tale of two really, really different teams. You know, it's proper opposites of track stuff. Um, you look at the Kansas City rush offence. They are currently sat, what, 25th in the league uh, in yards, 26th in attempts. Well, over the, over the season so far, 308 yards a game. Passing, they are, what, 6th in yards, 15th in attempts, um, 107 yards per game. That's I think I've got that stat wrong. Then you look at the, the Tennessee, they are the exact opposite. They can't throw worth toffee, but who needs to throw when you've got Derek Henry in your team and you can hand him the ball and he will just literally stand on other teams? Um, so I'm, I'm really intrigued by it. They look like they're going to be such very, very different games, or such very, very different teams. You know, who's going to come out on top of that one's really, really fascinating. Um, next up, we have the Carolina Panthers travel to your team, Stu, the Cincinnati Bengals. Are the Bengals going to bounce back after a humiliating defeat last week? Um, I mean, if you'd asked me... Well, if we hadn't had the news that we got today about the potential that Mike Hilton is also going to miss time, I would have mm. said yes, with a little bit of reservation, just because the, the injury to Awuzie is absolutely enormous to us. Like, I, I honestly think we would stand more of a chance of still winning the division if we'd lost Chase for the rest of the regular season rather than Awuzie. Just Awuzie is that big a piece um, because without him, you check down to our best cornerback now is Eli Apple, who I know I'm an Eli Apple fan, but I know a lot of other people uh, maybe have a less than stellar view of the man. Um, so, um, yeah, so he's out. Hilton is also out as well. We're still missing DJ Reader. They've already announced he won't be back until after the bye week. Hubbard was having x-rays on his hand, although I think he's good to play, so that shouldn't slow him down too much. Logan Wilson is at least back, but he was meant to be out for another couple of weeks with that neck injury. And admittedly, Brian, I don't know what you think, but Logan Wilson did not look like normal Logan Wilson against the, the Browns. Like He just didn't seem as effective and he wasn't uh, getting in. You know, He wasn't quite putting himself around the way he usually does. It's hard to put yourself around when you're playing against one of the premier rushing offence units that the NFL has to offer, Stuart. So as much as he might not have looked his usual self, you have to give the man some slack. That's true. Chubb is a machine. The Chubb train is, is always rolling kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so but looking at it from the other side, Carolina is not exactly a team on fire. And after last week, when they managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, like they had it. Um, I do, I do think uh, the the decision about DJ Moore's helmet. I'm going to take a, or the helmet coming off. I'm going to take a slightly different stance from most of the other people because I, I heard on the pod on Tuesday, everybody seemed to be unanimously blaming DJ Moore. Now, if you follow the rules of the game exactly to the letter. Where he took his helmet off was actually off the field. You are allowed to take your helmet off 
when you're there. He never did it in the end zone. So to me, yeah, it was a heat of the moment thing. Probably shouldn't have done it, but the flag shouldn't have been thrown either. So that pat attempt should have been 15 yards closer and maybe it's made. Maybe it's not, but you know, at that time, Carolina could have won that game. Um, I will say though, I think Carolina are going to beat us uh, just because of that same thing. They were so close to victory last weekend. They're going to come out mad. The Bengals are hurting and our offense against the Browns, we just looked completely bereft of ideas without Chase there. So we'll see what Zach Taylor can do for us and our play calling. But yeah, I'm calling it Carolina, unfortunately. You, do you agree with that there, Brian? Is it in the Battle of the Big Cats? Is uh, the, the Panthers going to come out on top there? You know, I I don't know. I think the the injuries that the, the Bengals are kind of running with at the minute, and like Stu says, Awuzier is is a huge huge loss. Um, the DJ Moore stuff's really interesting. Um, as much as he's been getting a lot of heat overtaking his helmet off, and you know, I mean, the minutiae of the rules. The NFL is a sport that we love because you've got such really detailed looks at all the rules and the infractions, and you know, we've all seen toe tap cam. And all this kind of stuff. So that's really interesting to to hear that. But one of the big bits that we need we need to look at, you know, I mean, with DJ Moore, one weeks one through six this year, two hundred and four yards and one touchdown. Weeks mm. seven and eight, two hundred and twenty-one yards, two touchdowns. So mm. him coming back and him showing something, as much as he might get some heat, you know, I mean, it really is the the key to helping that offense click. And one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack very very briefly Keith and I apologise for my statistical mix up earlier is KC have got 308 yards which is second in the league as an average passing which makes a lot more blooming sense and they come in at 107 yards rushing per game which is a whopping 23rd in the league so my whole wee bit about KC and Tennessee being different offences no it makes sense it does indeed listen mistakes are good that's how we learn and you've just educated us there I'm going to come to you now, Craig. Las Vegas are at the Jacksonville Jaguars Raiders with a two and five record so far. Jags with a two and six. Will that bye week potentially help the the injury struck um, Raiders? What do you think? Well, that this is a really interesting one. I mean, you look at you look at the um, the Jaguars, for example. You know they're coming back from London. Trevor Lawrence and the Jags that disappointing loss um, in London. Maybe maybe it's Trev that should have been the one that was doing the uh, the old high knees on the plane. Maybe should do some <laughs> on the way back. Um, you know, take a leaf out of Brian's book as well. I don't know if anyone saw it on the old uh, social media. Brian was a you know an inspiration to us all warming up, getting himself geared up for the pod this week, doing some high knees and was it was it Danelle? All, all, uh, all about Danelle Milne, Craig. Thank you. All about Danelle Milne. That's it, mate. You, you're an inspiration. But um, yeah, if, if you'd asked me last week uh, how do I think this game's going to go, I would have said based on the the Raiders' performance, the Josh Jacobs, you know, fantastic performance. I would have said you know Raider Nation all the way. Um, then they laid a big massive egg a massive donut and you know you look at the interviews with Josh McDaniels after the game you wonder what the kind of mood in the camp is when it comes to the Raiders I don't think that all is well there um, when you've got the weapons that the Raiders do have and you lay a donut there is going to be huge huge pressure on them to put in a performance this weekend it's, it's going to be a really interesting game I I'm going to go for a Jacksonville win, though. I think they are going to win because, as I say, I think all is not well. 
Um, even with Mark Davis coming out and making that statement saying McDaniels is going to be the head coach for four years to come, as mm-hmm. he said, um, I, I suspect that that might come back to bite him, especially if they lose to Jacksonville this weekend. This, of course, is only their second season in Las Vegas. Shane, do you think it's maybe taking a wee bit longer for them to, to settle and acclimatise to the, the bright light city? <laughs> what, in at the, uh, the Death Star? Um, <laughs> actually, no. I think they actually settled in quite well in the first season. Maybe they were riding a, an excitement high, but I do not <laughs> know what happened to them last week. Um, a donut? <laughs> I mean... It was ridiculous, and um, no one saw that coming, to be honest with you, either. Maybe it's the Las Vegas effect. We all know what's happening to their players there. Mm. You're a big fan of uh, Trevor Lawrence, of course. Um, do you think you can elevate this Jacksonville Jaguars team? There's there's a buzz about the Jags team. Um, I don't know what it is, but they're exciting to watch. It's like they're, um, they're trying to... They're not afraid to try new things or try to overextend themselves a bit. And, uh, you know, it's quite endearing. I quite enjoy watching them. And uh, it's not quite there yet. But if it does start to gel and come together, then they can start going places. It's a project. Fantastic. Um, The final game that we're going to look at um, this evening or day is the Miami Dolphins travel all the way to the Windy City to Chicago. Um, to face the, the Bears there. Stu, I'm, I'm interested in this game because Miami, lovely temperate weather, and we saw in the, some pictures that you sent us from from Canada, the, the snow is starting to fall. Um, it's, it's getting to that time of the year. Is that something that's maybe going to affect the, the, the game there? Is it, is it something that really does play into the running game that the Dolphins are, are wonderful at now that Tua's back? Do you think the the Chicago Bears can cause another upset. You know what? Like I'm, I'm looking at this one, and yeah, for the no, I just can't see it. I think it's still going to be Dolphins. <laughs> uh, the Dolphins run defense because basically, if you look at Chicago. I know they now have Chase Claypool, that wonderful Canadian. I can now call him wonderful now that he's left the evil enemy that Brian <laughs> and I should unite to dislike them of the terrible towels. Uh, but now that he's in uh, Chicago, but I don't know. I just I look at that team. I like Justin Fields. I think that he has potential to be an absolute superstar in the league. But Chicago need to fix that O-line. Um, but with that, rushing is really all they have in terms of offense right now. Their defense, they've just lost Raquan Smith as well. So they've traded him away. Um, he's went to Baltimore, of course. And I see that getting a little bit worse. So I think the Dolphins are going to pick them apart. This week, whether it's two are throwing the ball or now they're back up, they've got that whole San Francisco 49ers running back room from last year is now residing <laughs> in Miami. And I think they're going to push them and they could go all the way to the championship game this year where they will no doubt get trounced by the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's my call for upset of the year. Dolphins, they beat the Bills. Of course, whenever we leave us, someone. I, I... Whenever we leave a job, we always take a wee bit of uh, something with it so that we can get up and running. And McDaniel, of course, is doing that with the running back uh, room from the San Francisco 49ers. Craig, what do you think yourself? Are you looking forward to this game? Do you think Fields yeah. 
is going to get that protection that he, that he needs to, to start opening up. Of course, he doesn't have much targets. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't think he, he will. Um, I mean, I am looking at the, the the trades that they've made for Claypool, and then looking at the opposite side of that, um, they've got rid of their all-pro uh, linebacker. Um, they've got rid of Robert Quinn as well to the Eagles. Um, Fields has no protection. He didn't have a great deal of protection before this trade. He certainly doesn't have it after the trade. Yes, he's got an extra weapon at wide receiver that was badly, badly needed, you know, and he'll be able to maybe stretch the field a bit, but I, I just see Fields, he's going to be scrambling all over the place. I, I think that this is a bit of a test of water for um, uh, Claypool, you know, see how he gets on, how, how the chemistry is, and then, you know, the, the Bears are basically, they're, they're thinking already ahead to next season where they've got uh, a stack load of draft picks. They've got massive, yeah. massive cap space. Um, I don't see the Bears um, doing particularly much uh, this season. I, I'm sad to say for for Grant. I know you'll he, be listening, and uh, you know I, I know he wasn't happy with the, the trade as as well. But you know it, it looks to be that they're going to go full rebuild um, at the beginning of next season. I, I will Fantastic. say uh, that whole that whole thing of offering a second. Chase Claypool, it did feel like overpay until you factor in um, the consideration that by them offering their second, which was higher ranked than Green Bay's, it stopped mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers getting Chase Claypool, <laughs> so he doesn't have a weapon. So the Vikings <laughs> fans on this call yep. need to—they need to thank the Bears for what they did. We're just trying <laughs> to keep the NFC North as a sort of everyone uniformly just not as good as the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just like the Packers for, for doing absolutely nothing. Uh, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers considered... this, season, this season's a big enough weapon of, uh, of his own. So, yeah, um, against I, the Packers. Just imploding. Yeah. Even the Lions so, are helping out the Vikings by sending Hawkins in there as well. So it's the whole, <laughs> the whole division that. is working. <laughs> they're working against Green Bay. It's a uniting. Uniting the North, uniting the North, fantastic. Um, that concludes uh, the matches that we're looking at. I'm really looking forward to them. Any of them stand out for you? In fact, you know, we'll get to that a wee bit at the, the end when we do our pick six. We'll see what will be our matchup of the week. Guys, I sent you a wee list of the, we call it the, the Julio Jones um, injury report here at the, the pack, because, uh, at the, the crew, because he seems to always be injured and it's a long running. A joke within our, our, our WhatsApp group um, to see if he, he will actually play. Guess what? He's out again, guys. Oh, no. Oh, shocker. Who's got me the waivers? <laughs> Is there it's any other big... Or, it's usually me or you, that... Brian, that trade for Julio Jones at some point during the season <laughs> on the, the premise that when he comes back, he's going to win me the playoffs. <laughs> One, one year he's going to come good in fantasy. One year, We've sadly, all that had year a bit of <laughs> <laughs> Is there any of the injuries this week that you think are particularly going to affect the, the teams and their chances? Some people may be coming back. Um, notice for the, the Rams that Cam Akers was back in training this week. Could that be potential? Maybe not this week, but in the, 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 the next couple of weeks, we'll, we'll see him again. Brian, what do you think? You have completely gazumped me in the last sentence, Keith. Good lord, man. Where have your manners? Cam Akers, um, biggest one, you know. What I mean, really looks you if he it's the big 
criticism that you know what I mean we've had with the Rams. They've got a completely one di- well, not one dimensional, but a Cooper Cup dimensional uh offense <laughs> these days. You know what I mean? And it is they've got nothing on the ground. As much as I am for fantasy purposes trying to will Daryl Henderson into life, um, it really doesn't seem to be going anywhere. If Cam Akers can come back. If Cam Akers can resolve his differences with the back uh, the backroom team, if Cam Akers can decide that his legs are not indeed made of chocolate, this would all be fantastic, and it would give the Rams maybe that little bit they need to go back to looking like a team that just won a Super Bowl. Who knows? That's a big one for me. Um, Shane, I'm quite come to you. You can tell us what you think about Cam Akers, but I also want to ask you about someone else that needs to resolve some differences, and that's the Texans' Brandon Cooks. He was very upset they didn't get his trade this week. Um, I'd love to hear what you think about that. Uh, right, well, he made it quite publicly known that he wanted a trade. Um, he's pretty much it for the Texans receiving core. Um, and he's not got the best QB thrown to him either. So maybe they should have cashed in. Where are the Texans just now? They're not exactly in rebuild. They're not winning any games. Um, if I was Brandon Cooks, I'd probably be pretty upset as well, but it's part of the job. If he's not going to get the trade that he wants, get on with it, Brandon. But I'm going to nip back to Cam Akers and Brian as well, because, Brian, Cam Akers was not turning any heads when he's been playing before the injury or before the spat, sorry. All right, the Rams won the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl without Cam Akers. Cam mm-hmm. Akers was bang average this season. The Rams' big plan was Kyron Williams, I'm telling you. And I bet you he gets activated this week, comes on in a timeshare with Daryl Henderson, and in two weeks' time is the lead running back in LA. Bold, bold predictions from a man who tried so hard to draft heavily in rookies in his fantasy team, and it worked so famously well for him. <laughs> Just to put everyone in perspective, that was Javonte Williams and Trey Lance. So it's not my fault. It's just the gods of football smiting me. It was brave going for one and two with your picks with you two, I have to say. Um, Craig, any other... <laughs> <laughs> Craig, any other noticeable absences um, this week? Uh, yeah, a couple. Just, I mean, when uh, Brian mentioned the uh, uh, Cooper Cup, kind of one-sided offence, the, the fact that he is on the... Uh, uh, the injury list or the did not participate list, that, that's obviously a big concern. Um, kind of selfishly from my point of view, is uh, Darius Smith being a, a, a possible doubt for the weekend I'm concerned about, you know, putting a brilliant performance uh, last weekend, uh, multiple sacks, three sacks I think he got um, on in Kyler Murray. So, yeah, those are kind of two that are standing out for me as, oh, yeah, a bit, bit concerned about those ones. But let's, let's see how things are by uh, Friday, Saturday. For me, the one of the ones that stand out, I'm just having a wee look online today, was that DeAndre Swift of the Detroit Lions, who just came back last weekend, um, did not practice this week. So that's, that's a bit of a, a letdown. I thought he did quite well when he came back, and I'm looking forward to seeing him. And the Lions have been entertaining, certainly at the start of the season, um, see how he can transform their, their running attack. Shu, anybody else for yourself? Um, I mean, obviously, I could continue talking about the Bengals at great length, uh, but there's, we've kind of ran over that. So uh, one thing I would point out, and it's more someone who may be playing, and I don't know if it's the right decision to play him from one of our featured games. Tannehill was limited again. Obviously, he missed the last game and Malik played. 
Do we think that Malik Willis has done enough to show that he maybe actually has a better option than Tannehill because he can actually pass the ball a little bit? I'll throw what that do we one think? to Brian then. A little bit. Uh, do you know what I'm going to say? The thing, you know, what, where, how did Malik actually do? What did his bottom line look like last week? Um, the thing, you know, Malik is a reasonably well-respected rookie. He came in, came in off the draft. You know, people were thinking he should maybe have been drafted a little bit higher than he was, um, but he has been kept behind Ryan Tannehill all year so far. So, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if we've seen enough from him. I mean, a one-game sample, you know what I mean? Did he really do what we want to see to supplant somebody with Tannehill's pedigree? Um, eh, don't know. Not sure I could really make a big call on, on Malik Willis, to be really honest. One that I've seen in the injury report, I'm, I'm shocked and surprised, Keith, that you've not brought up, is seeing both Tyler Lockett and DK mm. Metcalf Limited. Uh, do you know what I mean? I'd say... Gino, 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 the the, the MVP himself, um, has been having a fantastic season. But there's, there's, and there's no replacing targets like that, in particular when you've got um, Marquis Goodwin is didn't practice at all as well. It's a huge, huge one for the Seahawks. The the thing that I'm consoling myself there is that Gino has been spreading the love throughout the full season. He's not just been focused on. If you think of like Tua when he came in, he had um, Waddle and uh, the Cheetah himself. That was his targets. He was focusing on them. I think Gino's been great at involving everybody um, this season. So I think they'll still make a chance that they'll actually play on Sunday night. And um, we'll just keep this run going. The Seahawks have been fantastic. Guys, that's, that's great. We've got had a wee look over who will, who won't make it. It's now time for our pick six. Every week we will choose our top QB, our top running back, our top top wide receiver, deadliest defense, the biggest blowout. Nobody saw that uh, that was going to be last week with the Las Vegas Raiders. And, of course, our match of the week. Craig, I'm going to come to you first of all for your top QB. And why is it Geno Smith? <laughs> well, do you know... I was really tempted to go for, and only because I know that Sheeney would never pick him, I was tempted to go for Kirk Cousins. So, sorry, Lamar Cousins. <laughs> then did you see Kirk Cousins and his 25-yard rushing touchdown last weekend? Um, the man has discovered his legs, uh, or as Brian <laughs> would say, he's got functioning limbs. Uh, he, he, he could run. <laughs> Uh, but no, no, I'm not. I'm not going for Kirk Cousins. Um, I am going for, and it's probably not too surprising. It's uh, it's Thursday, Thursday night football, um, and I think it's going to be Jalen Hurts. Um, he was sensibly rested towards the end of their comfortable win on Sunday. Um, we're kicking off week nine, Thursday night football against the Texans. Hurts, he's a he's a Houston lad. Uh, I think you relish the occasion of uh, a return home um, and. The Texans really, really are terrible. Um, they are, uh, for want of a better word, they are a shambles. Um, they are the lowest scoring team in the NFL. Um, their stats on lowest passing, rushing attempts, they're just, they're all over the place. Um, I expect that AJ Brown's going to have, have another really good game. Uh, we had an excellent, you know, out in last weekend, um, get a really good connection going there. Um, maybe he'll you know do some more taunting of the the, the Texans uh, like he did at the weekend as well. But normally, like Thursday night, 
fantasy wise, um, I always get the fear on Thursday nights um, because mm-hmm. you've got players in your team playing on a Thursday night. You start to, you know, you get the fear. You wake up on Friday morning. You think, what have they done? What have they done? Are they going to ruin my weekend? <laughs> What's going to happen? Um, I have got Jalen Hurts in my fantasy lineup this week, and I am going to sleep like a baby tonight. I am <laughs> going to wake up refreshed tomorrow. I am going to check the fantasy app, and it is going to tell me that he has thrown for over 250 yards, three touchdowns. He is going to be my quarterback of the week this week. Fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm sure that the, the hurts of the the Texans is going to continue. There was something in there. I don't quite get it. We, we, we tried. It was a reach. It was a reach. Top running back, though. That is one for Stu. Stu, I'm coming to you for this one. Who's going to be our the most ferocious running back this week? Now, this one uh, was a little bit difficult for me to decide because I, I was looking into this and I'm going, okay, there's a bunch of guys that, you know, normally you'd go, oh, let's throw them near the top of the list. So you would say Kamara. And then I'll look, oh, he's playing Baltimore. And he's only averaging 4.3 yards per attempt. So I'm like, well, he's not going to do well against Baltimore, especially with them strengthening their run defense. Then I look at Henry and I go, yep, Henry playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Traditionally, the Chiefs don't have that great a run defense. This year, though, they're tied uh, for, I think it's seventh in the league. They're, for some reason, right down in 11th, but tied for seventh in the league with only allowing 4.2 yards per carry. So even for Henry, I don't know if he's going to do well against Kansas City. So I'm going to go completely off the wall here and pick Travis Etienne who, again, although he's actually not got an easy matchup, the Raiders are actually point one of a yard better than the Chiefs. The thing is, is the Raiders are allowing more passing moves, and ETN is finally getting involved in that part of the attack as well. And he's also averaging a league joint best um, for a running back. Lamar is best overall with his rushing yards per carry. He's tied with 6.2 yards per carry with Herbert, and Herbert has played far less games. So... uh, Travis Etienne, I think he's the guy to go. And he's also got the statistic of the week. Yeah. Which is, and do you want to know what it is, guys? <laughs> Absolutely. Sorry, guys. I've not got the jingle Travis... ready for this yet, Stu. Sorry. <laughs> we need statistic of the week. So anyway, Travis Etienne Jr. has the most vowels in his name of any starting running back in the league. <laughs> that's that's what you come at this podcast for. That is the information <laughs> the public demands. Stu, Stu, can There's I just two. say as well? Can I just say as well? I, I love the pick. I think I think ATN's a really good shout, but can, can we just give ourselves a wee pat on the back as well? We've got the top running back spot on the last two weeks, so no pressure at all on yourself. But uh, <laughs> yeah, let's let's see how ATN gets on. But yeah, good shout. I hope he does well. be- Can you guys guess who the uh, joint second most vills in the league is so etn has a running back or just a running back running back running back hmm. um oh, is it job when i say it <laughs> <laughs> how many users are in shop it's like how many, A's are there in, how many how many a's are there in can when kirk screams it <laughs> <laughs> any answers no. alexander no. madsen no idea no, not Matt. Oh, yes. uh, Brian Robinson Jr. has eight. And uh, that, oh, by the way, this is American spelling. I'm I'm spelling Junior J U N I O R as well. So you could maybe add an extra vowel to this if you want. And then the other Junior. one is uh, Darren Darren Henderson. Oh, I actually got Junior. that one. That's a good shout. Mm. Listen, yep, so they're both tied with eight. 
when we come back next week and Joe Mixon's been the top running back and you've not picked him, you are going to be crying into your magnificent beard, my friend. <laughs> Shaney, Shaney, we're coming to you now for the top wide receiver. Who, who are you going for this week? I uh, see, well, it's easy to pick the top running back. There's only just so many, but wide receiver, we've not got that right. Until this week, I'm going to smash it. You never go with the obvious one. So check this one out. I hate to say it because they're such a dirty, dirty team. But this week's top wide receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster. Now hear me out, okay? Mm. Hear me out. Pretty rotten over the first five weeks of the season. He was getting the targets. He wasn't doing anything with them. But week six, week seven, 13 targets, 12 receptions, 237 yards, two touchdowns, and he's just had a bye week where Pat Mahomes and Juju Smith-Schuster can go over everything that they've just done right in the previous two weeks. And on top of all that, they're playing Tennessee, um, who are the 27th-ranked passing defense in the league. Call me out on it if you want, but I'm going to be right. Juju Smith-Schuster. I've got to say, I like it. I like it, like you said. I like the pick. Slow start to the season. Yep, slow start to the season. Started to really, really find his form. He's had that bye week to play uh, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, with Pat Mahomes all week to, and establish that bond together. Um, I think they're going to continue. I think that could be a, a, a inspired choice. Brian, I'm coming to you now for the deadliest D. Who's going to be the toughest this week? See, this this is just awful because there's only one answer and it's such a boring answer. It's going to be the Eagles. It, they've added to the pass rush. They're playing the Texans. Brandon Cooks is on strike. At this rate, I could get a game for the Texans. All 5'9", white muscle of me. And it would just be as effective as what they currently have at wide receiver. Is Nico Collins helping? Blankenship. The, the, exactly. Yeah, Brandon Cooks is out. Nico Collins has played, what, half a game all year. He's been in and out and in and out more than a yo-yo. Um, the, the, okay, Pierce is like decent at running back, but he's a rookie. They're going to, you know, any time that they, they, they line up, they're going to stack the box against him. Um, I could honestly see the Eagles shutting the the, the Texans out entirely, um, and I'll, there would be no point in me would be surprised. I don't even reckon if you went to the bookies, you would get good odds on it. Um, so yeah, deadliest day, Eagles all day, every day. I Shaney, have never you, heard a speech you... more rife for an upset. Yeah, I am I, going listen, to dis- I'd be delighted. I'm going to disagree, Brian. I'll disagree Ooh. with you. Ooh, and not because I think the Eagles are bad. I think the Eagles will do really well. Um, but I think the deadliest D this week is going to be the Dolphins. I just, I, just for the reasons we said earlier, the, they're playing the Bears. The Bears have given up. Start, they do have Chase Claypool there, but if Field starts throwing it around, I think the Dolphins, with the ads that they've made as well to their team, they're going to be sweeping up. There's going to be sacks. There's going to be interceptions. There's probably going to be a pick six. So I'm calling it Dolphins, toughest do, D. Do you know what? I'll, I'll do the, this is where an old one for when myself, Stuart, Shaney, etc. We're all in university together. Standard earth science bet. 
one pound, one shiny pound sterling okay. <laughs> says that That's the like Eagles, a dollar sixty. <laughs> the, the, the Eagles uh, D performs better than the Dolphins D this week. Um, at the end of the day, like everything you say, spot on. Bears offense is in trouble, but if you go man for man down each of those offenses, you cannot tell me that there is anybody in the Texans that you would take over the equivalent uh, in the Bears. The Texas mm-hmm. team are just so poor at the moment. They are indeed. I just... yeah. so, sorry, uh, Stuart Shaney. Um, Craig, I'm coming to you then for the biggest blowout. Do you agree with Brian that it's it's going to be the, the Eagles at the, the Texans or has Stuart convinced you that the Dolphins are, are going to absolutely smash the Bears? I, th- I think both are, are really good shouts. I do. Um, I'm, I'm going to throw another little curveball in there um, rather selfishly, but the, the Vikings um, are playing the 4-4 four and four Commanders, the second lowest scoring offence in the entire NFC. Um, yes, they're on a three-game winning streak, but if you look at those wins, they had a 12-7 win against the Bears and possibly one of the worst Thursday night football games in NFL history. They then had a slender 23-21 win against the Packers, and then they had that dramatic 17-16 win against the Colts. This is not a high-scoring team. Now, if they can shut down McLaurin, I think that they have got a really, really good chance of putting in uh, like a, a serious, serious performance. So, yeah, I totally agree. I think I think the Eagles tonight are going to do the business. I think Dolphins are a good shoot, but yeah, I'm I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to pick the Vikes. Well, I agree with one of the guys, <laughs> but it's not Craig. <laughs> it's not Brian. It's Stu. I agree with Stu. Um, simply because, right, Dolphins, Bears. The Bears O-line was porous. The Bears O-line is now a basketball hoop instead of a sieve. Um, <laughs> Bears have no offense. Um, they've got Chase Claypool. He's been there days. All they can do is throw bombs to him and hope it catches. Justin Fields isn't going to have time to do that. The Dolphins, Tua against Fields. Look at the stats. Nearly 1,700 yards against, what, 1,100 yards on the season. He's beating them in touchdowns. Running backs, the Bears' running game. Oh, Khalil Herbert is brilliant, but it, 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 it's pretty level. The, the Dolphins have just added Jeff Wilson Jr., and... Um, He's going to do the job. But then look at this receiving core. Who are your best receivers on the Bears? Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool. Nothing's happening <laughs> there. Oh, look, what have we got here? Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Okay. The only thing that can save the Bears is a blizzard. Jerry, <laughs> outstanding, my friend. Um, I think I might have to go with you on that one then. I think it will be the, the, the fans that I'm Taking a shine to them from last season, um, that they're excited to watch. I think that could be one of the biggest blowouts there. Match of the week, Stu. I'm going to come to you just for this one. Um, who do you think is going to be the 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 star of week nine for us? Now I don't know if it's going to be the best overall match to watch, but mm-hmm. to me, it's the most interesting, as the most interesting storyline or narrative, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's the Bucks game. So the Bucks versus the Rams. So we're looking at two teams that have been really struggling. Rams, obviously Super Bowl champions from last year. Bucks, Super Bowl champions from the year before. They have two older quarterbacks, Tom Brady, one of the greatest of all time, depending either the greatest of all time or one of the greatest of all time, depending who you're asking. 
even within our own group. Um, and then Stafford on the Rams, who, yeah, he was playing hurt earlier in the year, may still be slightly hurt, but just has not looked the same compared to what he was last season. Uh, two teams that, coaching-wise as well, they're making strange decisions that they weren't making last year or the year before. So, And it's really, I think for both of them, they're, what, three and five each team? So three and to four me, for I'll, the Rams and three yeah, and five three and for the, the Bucks. Yeah, so they both have three wins. So I look at this and go, if the Rams lose, they're probably out of it. Like um, The Seahawks are already so far ahead. Arizona might get better, but the Niners are a good team as well, regardless of what you think about Jimmy G. It's like they are a good football team and they have been to championship games and to the Super Bowl numerous times in the last kind of, what, five years. So the Niners will do what they need to do to make it just on the strength of their defense and the Russian offense. But for this game, it's really a, a do or die for both these teams this week already. And we're only halfway through the season. If the Bucks lose... They do have an easier path in terms of their division isn't the greatest, but they're going to be so far behind the eight ball that they're really going to need to catch up. And their schedule is harder than some of the other teams in their division. The Rams, if they lose, yeah, they're they're cooked. They're out of it. They're done. They're not making it. And it just shows you they should have somehow convinced Andy Whitworth to stay playing and not retire because that ex-Bengal, he was the reason they won that Super Bowl. <laughs> Um, of course, the, the Bucks are, are going to be struggling for targets for Tom Brady. Um, Mike Evans has been limited participant with a, an ankle injury. I think Brady might still be out as well, the tight end. Um, so it'll be it'll be a tough one for, for them. But yeah, like you say, really, really interesting game. Could this be the start of a, a turnaround for them or is, is it going to fade away quietly um, this season for, for Tom Brady? Guys, this has been wonderful. Thanks very much for, for joining us for the preview pod for week nine of the NFL season. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Craig, thank you very much. Brian, wonderful. Shaney, outstanding. And Stu, join us in Canada where it's, what, half past six in the morning over there or 3.30 in the afternoon. I'm not sure how time works in Canada. <laughs> 4.15 right now. So 4.15 in the afternoon, not the morning. Listen, you're in for a great night. We've had a wonderful time here. Um, if you have enjoyed the pod, please like and subscribe. And we'll be looking to do two of these a, a week, a preview and a review of the, the matches. Follow us on Twitter at GridironCrew, iron with the I-R-N, and get in touch. We'd love some questions from yourselves. We want to get the listeners involved, and we'd love to put them to our, our panels. And as you can understand, you can hear yourself. I've got some experts with me. I'm happy for them to do all the, the heavy load. We'll be back next Wednesday morning with a review of week nine. I've been Keith McGinty and you've been wonderful. Thanks very much. Mm-hmm.